X marks the spot, huh? Well, X didn't mark the spot for this couple. On February 2013, a husband and wife and their dog decided to go for a walk on their own property in Saddle Ridge, Nevada, California. They were kind of walking along, minding their own business, watching the birds on this cold winter day, when all of a sudden they stumbled across an old rusty can. It was partly out of the ground, and so they decided that they would unearth the can, and it just kept going, and they picked up the can and discovered at that moment that this can was heavier than just the ordinary tin can. They thought well, maybe it had lead or nails or something into it, but they had no tools to, to open it. So they decided to lug the heavy can back to their property or back to their home and open it up to see what was inside of it. And on their way home, the rusty top of the can cracked open, and to their amazement, they discovered gold coins in the old rusty can. They actually went back to the spot where the old rusty can was, where the first one they found. It was not X marked the spot. They had no map, but they later dug up seven more. So they had eight rusty cans or rusty uh, canisters, and they all had gold coins in them. They uh, found over 1,400 gold coins, and the face value of the gold coins that they found was $27,980. But in 2013, it was actually valued at $10 million. That's phenomenal. Um, it was the largest secretive buried treasure ever found in America. It almost makes me want to buy a dog and go for a walk. <laughs> almost. Uh, almost. Interesting enough, Jesus talked about treasure. He talked about uh, treasure that there is an X that marks the spot on this treasure that is um, highly valuable and accessible to every one of us in this room and watching online this morning. We find Jesus using these words in Matthew chapter 6. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and, the, and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Jesus goes on to say this, store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Then in verse 21, would you read this with me, church? Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. There the desires of your heart will also be. Jesus was talking about two treasures in these three verses. He was talking about the first treasure, a treasure that perishes. It is a treasure that has a shelf life. It is a treasure that expires at some point. And he also was talking about a treasure that never perishes that it goes on forever. It's an eternal treasure. It's one that never fades and never rusts. It never rots. It just keeps going. Most things that we treasure in this life, if we were honest with ourselves, everyone in the room and watching online, if we were honest with ourselves and we evaluated our life and evaluated our heart, most of the things that we treasure in this life are perishable. They will either die, rust, rot, be stolen, or, or, or disappear. According to Jesus, the issue really comes down not with the treasure so much as the hoarding of the treasure. Because Jesus said, remember, do not what? Store, he says. Do not store up perishable treasures because you will only end up being disappointed and disillusioned. The treasure that Jesus talks about that's less desirable for many of us here today is the one that is connected to imperishable treasure. That is the one that Jesus talks about in verse 20. It is treasure that is indestructible and it is treasure that is eternal. 
Jesus shows us two things in these three verses about the two treasures. He reveals this about us. The desires of our heart are linked to the treasures we treasure. That's what he shows us in these three verses. That the desires of our heart, what we desire in our inner being, in our heart, is linked to the treasures that we treasure, that we value, that we hold closely to our, to our chest. There's an old story that goes like this. A grandfather and a grandson took a walk one day, and he said to his grandson, Grandson, there are two wolves living inside of me. One is vicious and cruel, and the other is kind and wise. The little grandson was a little startled, and he said, Granddad, he said, which one is going to win out? To which the grandfather paused before he responded to his grandson, the one that I feed is the one that will win. The one that I feed is the one who will survive. The treasures that we treasure in our heart are directly connected to the desires of our heart that we feed. If we feed our heart and our life treasures that are invaluable that come from Jesus Christ, or if we feed our heart the treasures that are in this world, we'll soon quickly realize that the treasures of this world are what? They're perishable. They, they will perish on us. But the treasures that we find in Jesus Christ, they never perish. So I need to ask you a couple of questions this morning as we go down through this discussion time this morning. What does your heart desire? If you were to dig deep, I mean dig really deep, deep down inside of who you are, what do you really desire? Are you seeking a treasure that perishes? that will one day expire, rot, disappear, be stolen? Or do you treasure a treasure that never perishes? Those are very important questions for us to ponder, think about, and actually answer this morning. Jesus offered a divine warning between the treasure that perishes and the treasure that never perishes. He says in, in the Gospel of Mark chapter 8, starting at verse 34, then, calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, what, what, what must be done? Read this with me, church. You must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Then Jesus said in verse 35, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will what? You will save it. Then Jesus goes on to say in verse 36, read this question with me, church. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? And then Jesus said this in verse 37, is anything worth more than your soul? Is there anything that is worth more than your soul? What is the answer this morning, church? No, it should be no. I mean, you don't have to say no if you don't want to. I'm not going to force you this morning, but the answer should be no. Is there anything more important than your soul, your heart, your spirit? Because it is what lives on. And if it is not in treasure, if you're not finding your heart and in your spirit and your soul in the treasures of Jesus Christ, then I'm telling you, at the end of your days, it's not going to be very pleasant. Jesus was saying that that perishable treasure does not translate into eternal treasure there is this thinking in north america today and it's actually within the church that if i only accumulate enough perishable treasure it will translate god will somehow change the currency into eternal treasure it does not work that way 
If we are investing in perishable treasure and expecting that someday it will transfer into eternal treasure, we are sadly mistaken this morning. There is only one way. There is only one way to obtain treasure that never perishes. That is by placing our faith where? In the Lord Jesus Christ. Taking up our cross, what did Jesus say? And follow Him. We must follow Jesus. The single greatest challenge, you may dispute this, please don't write in this moment in time, later maybe with me, the single greatest challenge with personal, with perishable treasure is the struggle to let go. It's the struggle to let go. There are so many people who have accumulated, accumulated so much stuff in this life, and when it comes down to, try to do a purge of some stuff that you've had kicking around your host for a long time. Get your spokes together and try to do it. One of you will say, well, we might need that. We should keep it. You never know when we might need that. And the struggle is real with perishable treasure. Why? Because we struggle to do what, church? To let it go. We struggle with it. Jesus tells us plainly in verse 34 that if we desire to follow Jesus, we must let go of our own ways. Jesus said that. You must let go of your own ways and you must cease gripping a hold of the perishable things in this world and start gripping the, the things that never perish that are related to Jesus Christ. It's like holding a rope this morning. Your life is like holding this rope. Now, they, when you were a kid, probably playing tug-of-war, they would always tell you to hold like this so that the rope ever, if the other team ever pulls you and you, you feel like you need to hold on, this way will allow the rope to do what? Kind of slide through your hands. It may not feel good, but it will certainly save your fingers for another day. I was always taught on the farm that if you're pulling something, that you should never, ever wrap the, the rope around your fingers if you're pulling something. For instance, if you had an old Ford truck, and we tied this to the Ford truck, and I said, go, I'd have no problem holding back the Ford truck. It, it's, it would probably stall and not even go anywhere. But, but, but if I said, get the Chev truck... I'd be like, no, I'm letting go. I don't want to hold on to this because the Chev truck would just kind of pull and it would pull tight. And, and the tighter it pulls, the less ability I have of what? Letting go of the rope. It's a lot like that in life, isn't it? We allow the things that, that perish, the things of this world to wrap themselves around our life. And then they begin to pull. And as they begin to pull on our life, it becomes hard and difficult to do what, church? To let go. It becomes difficult. The only way that we can let go of the, of the perishable treasures that have us in, in its grip is to keep our eyes where? On Jesus Christ. To confess that He is the Lord of our life. To say, Jesus, You are all that I need. And miraculously, he just kind of loosens the rope. And we are able then to do what, church? To let it go. It's a lot like that in our life. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you have a perishable treasure in your life that has, you grip, has gripped you tightly? 
that you're struggling to let it go, it's time to let go, amen? Because what did Jesus say? It was a very specific question Jesus said. Is anything more important than your what? No, there isn't anything more important. Why not decide to let go of the perishable treasures in your life? C.S. Lewis made this observation about treasure and how treasure affects us. Our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and um, ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. He goes on to say this, drink this in. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in the slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are too far easily, what? Pleased. A treasure that perishes is like making mud pies while thinking you're on vacation. That's what it's like. To treasure, treasure that is perishable is like making pies thinking you're on vacation. We need to make sure that our desires are with the imperishable treasure and not with the perishable. Amen, church? So for the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at treasure and treasures that never perish. And all four deal with the desires of our heart. And so this week's focus is on relationships, the treasure of relationships. So many of us in this room just simply do not value relationships. Many of us who are watching online this morning do not value relationships. We actually do the opposite with relationships. I've seen a lot of people abuse relationships. I've seen a lot of people ignore relationships and avoid relationships. I've seen people use relationships. I've seen people sabotage relationships. We could go on and on and on of how we just kind of destroy relationships because we do not treasure relationships. To illustrate how rarely, um, we, tre- how rarely we treasure relationships, consider this true life story. Here's the equation, 15 plus 6. You don't need to say it. But you will, you'll get the answer, because you probably already know the answer right now. This equation was for a groom in India, and he was given this math problem that he never recovered from. It ruined his marriage, or his wedding day, I should say. Lovely was his bride. And she was having doubts at the altar about her husband-to-be, or her prospective bride, uh, about, or her fiancé, excuse me, about his ability and his educational status. And so at the altar, she whispers to him, what is 15 plus 6? To which Ram Baran, was his name, whispered back 17. Oh dear. True story, lovely left him at the altar. And her father later said, the groom's family kept us in the dark about his poor education. Even a first grader could answer that equation. For lovely, for lovely, no math meant no what? No marriage, no relationship. Imagine Ram spending the rest of his days, oh, 21, 21, 21. When I tell you this story, this is why it's true. It's a sad snapshot of the status of relationships today. It is a sad snapshot of the status of relationships today. Few people treasure relationships. You can't answer this math equation. I don't want to spend the rest of my life with you. You can't do this. 
I don't want you in my life. We don't value relationships. Why is that? Well, let's jump back to Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. What does Jesus say? Wherever your what? Treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. If you do not treasure people, you will not treasure what? Relationships. If you do not treasure God, you will not treasure a relationship with God. Because whatever the desires of our heart is, that's where our treasure will be. And those are the things that we will treasure in our life. According to verse 21, if we do not value relationships, then we have convinced the desires of our heart not to pursue healthy, honest, God-loving relationships. Jesus said this about the treasure of relationships in Mark chapter 11, or Mark chapter 12. He said this, of the teachers of the religious law was standing there, excuse me, one of the teachers of the religious law was standing there listening to the debate going on between Jesus and some of the religious leaders. He realized that Jesus had answered the question well or answered well, so he, he asked of all the commandments, of all the commandments in the Old Testament, in, in the Pentateuch, in the, in the Ten Commandments, which one is the most important? And then this is what Jesus said. He replied, the most important commandment is this, Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. Verse 20, he's the one and only Lord. So, And you must love the Lord your God with what? Say it with me, church. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all of your strength. And then he goes on to say in verse 31, the second is equally important. Say it with me, church. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment, he said, is greater than what? These, these two. According to Jesus, there are two relationships that are golden. They are two, there are two relationships that we should hold on to dearly. They are relationships that never perish, and that is a relationship with God and a relationship with others. Our relationship with God and our relationship with others. They are two relationships that we should highly treasure because why should we highly value our relationship with God and with other people? Because they have high eternal results high eternal results because of pride and selfishness and greed we sacrifice our relationship with god and we sacrifice our relationship with other people for treasures that are perishable in order to have a relationship with jesus the instructions are very clear jesus said you must love me with all of your what with all of your heart with all of your soul with all of your mind and with all of your strength jesus must be the lord of our very complex life we are complex some of us are a little bit more complex than others but we are complex individuals jesus must be the lord of us physically spiritually morally and intellectually that's what he was saying he must be the lord of our life so do you have a relationship with jesus and if you do have a relationship with Jesus, is Jesus the Lord of your life? Is he the Lord of your heart? Is he the Lord of your soul? Is he the Lord of your mind? Is he the Lord of your strength? The hymn writer Charles Wesley once wrote this hymn about heart full of divine love. He said, a heart in every thought renewed and full of love divine, perfect and right and pure and, goal, pure and good, Excuse me, a copy Lord of thine. You know what this old English is saying? That we must copy Jesus Christ. That we must be imitators of Jesus Christ. 
that we must imitate his love. We must imitate his grace because it is living within us. And if it is living within us, then we should show that to other people in our relationships with other individuals. We should copy the Lord Jesus Christ. That when people look at us, we, they should be looking at Jesus. Are you okay with that, church? They shouldn't be looking at someone who is treasuring the things of this world that perish. Because why? That makes us look like the enemy. Sin is often the barrier in our life for us treasuring a relationship with Jesus Christ. There is good news this morning for those of us who have been harboring sin, for those of us who have been holding on to sin like a rope and has been tying itself around our life and we can't seem to let go. I'm telling you, you can be set free this morning by a simple act of confession. Amen? What did Paul say in Romans chapter 10? He said this, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. What did Jesus say? The desires of your heart. What's in your heart? What's in your soul? If you openly declare, that means if you verbalize that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life and you believe it in your life and in your heart and in your soul and that God raised him from the dead, you will be what? You'll be saved. You'll be changed. You'll be redeemed. You will be transformed goes on to write this, Paul does, in verse 10, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are what? Saved. And then he goes on to say this in verse 11, as the, scripture tell, uh, as the Scriptures tell us, say this with me, church, anyone who trusts in Him will never be disgraced. I don't know about you, but I think we just found the treasure. I think we just found the treasure this morning. That anyone who confesses with their mouth, their lips, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead, and whoever believes this in their heart and follows after Jesus Christ, God makes this promise in verse 11 that anyone who trusts in him will never be what, church? Will never be disgraced. Now think about this for a moment. Have you ever been disgraced? Has anyone ever disgraced you? If you go back over the course of your relationships in your life, I'm sure that some of us would put up one hand, maybe two hands, maybe two legs. Maybe we'd put up everything that we had up in the air and saying, I can't tell you how many times I've been disgraced in my life. Disgraced by my spouse, disgraced by a friend, disgraced by a child, disgraced by my boss, disgraced by someone. They disgraced me. But what does Paul write? Anyone who confesses with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, risen from the dead, and believes this in their heart, God, Jesus, will never do what to you? Will never disgrace you. Is there something you need to let go of this morning? Is there something that you need to let go of in order to establish a relationship with Jesus? Is there sin that you need to confess? Is there any good reason this morning that you could give why you could not have a treasured relationship with Jesus? I'm sure it's everyone who would say, I can't have a relationship with Jesus today, could go right back to the very thing that has wrapped itself around your life. That is the reason keeping you from having a relationship with Christ. The other relationship that we need to treasure is our relationship with other people. Jesus said it in Mark chapter 12, verse 31. He said the second is equally important. Say this with me, church. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Jesus gave us life. Anybody want to say amen on that one? Jesus gave us love. Jesus gave us redemption. Jesus gave us forgiveness. And with this treasure that Jesus gives to us, He says, I give you my love. I give you my grace. I give you my forgiveness. But it comes with responsibility. Did you know that? Some of you have already checked out. Oh, I want the grace. I want the forgiveness. I, I, I want the life. But now there's responsibility with it? I don't want that part. There is a responsibility that comes with the love of Jesus. There is a responsibility that comes with the forgiveness of Jesus. There is a responsibility that comes with the life of Jesus that he gives to us. Do you know what that responsibility is? It is the second commandment that Jesus gives that's just as important as the first commandment. He says you must love others. You must love others. Benjamin Clark was a chef who was preparing a meal for a trust company on the 96th floor of the World Trade Center on the South Tower on September 11, 2001. Clark made sure that everyone on the 96th floor got off the 96th floor. He made sure that they evacuated that floor. He knew what was going on, somehow found out, and he made sure that everybody got off the 96th floor and started down the stairs. Later, an official from the trust company said, Clark actually saved hundreds of lives that day by rallying them and pushing them towards the exit and saying that they must evacuate the building. Somewhere along the 76th floor, while all of the other people from the 90th floor, 96th floor, was leaving, he stopped around the 76th floor to help a, a lady who was in a wheelchair. Tragically, Clark never made it out of the tower. You see, true love doesn't ask this question which is true for Benjamin Clark's life. It doesn't say, what can I get out of this relationship? That's what we do, right? That, that's what is connected to perishable treasure in this world. When we go to a relationship, we go, well, what, what am I going to get out of this relationship? True love that comes from Jesus Christ never asks that question. Do you think Jesus dying on the cross, which we just celebrated last weekend by his death and resurrection, do you think Jesus on Easter weekend thought, I wonder what I'm going to get out of this relationship? Have you ever asked Jesus that question without getting slapped by Jesus? What am I going to get out of this relationship, Jesus? I'd be careful to ask that question. You see, true love never asks the question, what am I going to get out of this relationship? True love only asks the question, what can I sacrifice for this relationship? Jesus said, what can I do, Father? To bridge the gap of the relationship between mankind and humanity and me and God. And what did God say? There's only one sacrifice that will do it. And Jesus willingly sacrificed his life. Jesus led by example and showed us the ultimate model of sacrificial love. And Jesus says, I give you this sacrificial love. I give you the forgiveness of the cross. I give you this life. It is renewing you. It is forgiving you. It is making and transforming your life from a dark sin life to a washed, white, pure, righteous life. Amen? 
And what Jesus is saying, now that I've done this for you, your responsibility is what? Jesus says two things. Love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And to do what? Love other people. If you try to love other people with your love, it will be catastrophic every time. But if we start loving people that we are in relationships with, with the love of Jesus Christ, it will bear fruit eternally. Because we are, we are showing the love of Jesus Christ. Christ willfully laid down his life so that we could have an eternal treasure. So let me ask you some questions this morning. Are you living in the amazing love of Jesus? Are you living in the amazing love of Jesus Christ? And if you are living in the amazing love of Jesus, are you living out Christ's amazing love in other people's lives, in, other people's, in your relationship with other people? Let me offer you this warning by John who writes in 1 John chapter 4 starting at verse 19. He says, we love each other. Why? Because he first loved us. We love the most prickly person in our life. Why? Because he first loved us. His love compels us to love those who are sometimes not even lovable in our life. John goes on to say this in verse 20. He said, if someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a what? A liar. For if we don't love people, we can see. How can we love God whom we cannot see? Then he said this in verse 21. And if he has given us, and he has given us this commandment, read this with me, church. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. Those who love God must also do what? love their fellow believers. Do you love God this morning? John was very clear. Anyone who loves God must stop hating and must start loving. We must start imitating Jesus Christ. Amen? By the power and His Holy Spirit, we must imitate His life, the treasure that never perishes. The Apostle Paul writes this. He said in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, there's the words, imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his what? Dear children, he bought us with a price. What was the price? His life on the cross. And verse 2, Ephesians chapter 5, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. We must imitate God. Why must we imitate God? Because we're following the example of Jesus. What was the example of Jesus? His death on the cross. He showed us just how much he loved us. And so there is no one in your life that you should not love like Jesus loved you. He sacrificed himself for you. We must sacrifice ourselves for others. Amen? That is the treasure. The single greatest reason why we do not seek the treasure of relationships is because we are seeking self-justification rather than the righteousness of Jesus. Let me say that again. The single greatest reason why we do not seek the treasure of relationships is because we are seeking self-justification rather than the righteousness of Jesus Christ. In the book, Mistakes Were Made But Not By Me, sounds like a good read, doesn't it? Two psychologists described how an obsession on our own righteousness can choke the life and love out of any relationship. 
They wrote this. Now you need to digest this because there's a lot of truth. Their, their example that they used was a married couple. They went, the vast majority of couples who drift apart do so slowly over time in a snowballing pattern of blame and self-justification. Each partner focuses on what the other one is doing wrong. Then they go on to write this, while justifying his or her own preferences, attitudes, and ways of doing things, from our standpoint, therefore, misunderstandings, conflicts, personality differences, and they end with this, and even angry quarrel, quor, excuse me, quarrels, I can't even say it, you know what I'm saying, are not the assassins of love. What is, they said, self-justification is. Self-justification are you imitating Jesus this morning? Are you seeking a treasure that, that perishes? Or are you seeking a treasure that never perishes? Why not let go of the perishable treasures in your life? Let go of them. Let go of the sin. Let go of the hatred. Let go of the self-justification. Let go of past experiences in your life. Let go of the hurt. Let go of the anger. Let it all go. Because if you don't, it's only going to do what? It's only going to drain you, suck the life out of you, strangle you. Will you let go this morning? That's the question. The greatest treasure that you could ever find in this entire world is a relationship with Jesus Christ. There are some of you in this room that are struggling. You have some sin. You have some past things that you've done in your life. It's wrapped itself around your life. It's pulling on you. And it has a hold on you. And you just cannot let it go. A thriving, successful relationship with Jesus Christ requires us to let go. He will give you the power. He will give you the authority. He will give you the strength to let go so that His love and grace and forgiveness can rush into your, into your soul. Some of us in this room and watching online this morning, we're struggling with relationships. We have a bad, we've had a bad relationship with our parents or with our kids or we've had a bad relationship with our spouse or a co-worker or someone in our life and, and things went sideways, things were said, things were done. It was not good, it was not pleasant, it was bad and, and it just kind of has its grip on you. You need to let it go and allow the love of Jesus Christ to flood your soul so that you're able to have every relationship in your love in your life show the, the love of Jesus Christ. Because He sacrificed for us. It is the least that we can do for others. Amen? It doesn't mean that every relationship that you have will be restored. But it means the things that come out of those relationships that have had a stranglehold on you will no longer have a stranglehold on you. That you've learned and will grow, and Jesus will be evident in your life as you move forward in other relationships. I want to pray for us. The team's going to come back, and they're going to sing that old hymn that we just sang a few minutes ago, I Surrender All. Here's what's going to happen this morning just before I pray. I have, I've asked two individuals that they will come in just a few moments and stand here on both sides of the stage. They have a piece of rope just like this. They're willing to hand you the piece of rope this rope symbolizes your life, and there are some things in your life that have wrapped themselves around your life, and they're pulling and choking you. Today, symbolically, you come up, grab the rope,
put it around your hand a few times and go, in Jesus' name, I'm letting it go. And you just drop the rope. And the person holding the rope will pick it up for the next person. I'm letting it go by Jesus, by his authority, by his power. I'm letting it go. Jesus, fill my life with your love. Fill me with your grace and your forgiveness so that I can have a treasured relationship with you, Jesus. And so that your love flowing through me, I can have treasured relationships with other people. That I can show them the love of Christ, which may make all eternity's difference by showing them the love of Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your tremendous love to us. Today, you are asking us to drop everything, to give it up, to let it go, in order to follow you fully. Lord, there are some in this room and watching online this morning that need to let some things go in their own life, some sins, some stuff that they've done or said or have done in the past, and it's just been holding a grip on them. It's time to say, in Jesus' name, I confess, I let it go. For others of us in this room, there are some relationships that have, have gone so. We are not really sure what to do with them or how to handle them. They've left us with a tight grip on our life. And we don't really know how to let them go. Today, Jesus, symbolically, we just grab this rope and say, in your name, by your love and grace, I let it go. And I will seek to look for new ways to show your love and the relationships that I have. We love you today, Jesus. We pray that you would set us free, that we would crack open the treasure box and realize that the greatest treasure that we could have is a relationship with you, to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and spirit. And second, we would love others as you have loved us. We pray these things in your powerful name, in the name of Jesus. We surrender all. Amen. Two individuals will be right here this morning. They will extend the rope to you. As the team sings, just respond. In Jesus' name, I confess. In Jesus' name, I give up this, this problem, this issue, this hurt, this hang-up that I've had, and other relationships. I give it to you, Jesus in your name.